dig in the crates. Dig in the crates, the crates, y'all. Come on, come on. Sometimes you gotta dig deep. Head back as possible from town to town. Dug deep in the crates where plates are found. This is Digging the Crates. I'm Vice Beats. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the podcast, brought to you by The Find. The podcast focuses on exploring the art, passion and culture of hip-hop, going beyond the typical questioning and digging deeper into the passions, inspirations and experiences of those involved in the scene's rich culture, featuring artwork from Sick Film and intro music by Herma Puma and Jabba the Cut. This time, the graphics are an ode to 1994's Beastie Boys album, Ill Communication. This episode features a multi-talented musician, label owner and composer who successfully bridged the gap between genuine, heartfelt music and the world of synchronization and promotion. Coming from the funk, jazz and soul perspective, he's spent the last 15 plus years crafting intricate, distinctive music. This is Digging the Crates with Lack of Afro. And now for our feature presentation. All right, here, here we go. Yo, this is Adam, Lack of Afro, and you are listening to Digging the Crates with Vice Beats and The Find. Lack of Afro, welcome to Digging the Crates. How you doing? Hello, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No, of course. No, you're very welcome. So I guess I just wanted to start off by asking you, how did you first start your musical journey? Yeah, well, I kind of, um, I was born into a fairly musical family. Uh, my grandmother was um, a concert pianist during the Second World War, and she was a piano teacher. Um, and she started teaching me piano when I was seven. And I kind of um, sort of went from there, really. I, I mean, I always, I loved the piano, but I never kind of hugely excelled in it, um, shall we say. But I, it kind of, I kept it up for, for a while. And then I started kind of like getting interested in other instruments. The, the main one was the saxophone when I was about 11. I remember seeing a guy at school play it. Um, play the alto sax and he played it, it played this kind of piece and it was um, I remember just like thinking god that's that, that so cool like saxophone is like the coolest instrument so yeah. after that I, yeah I started um, started saxophone lessons and I kind of progressed fairly well on with that and um, music kind of became a bigger part of my life and then um, yeah at school there's another guy got a, a friend of mine everyone's got a friend who plays guitar and sort of showing me a few chords on the guitar a guy called Chris Reed um, and you know I was playing along to like Oasis songs and Blur songs this was like the, the Britpop days the heady days of Britpop I was a big Britpop fan back then and um, learning guitar that way and then my uncle started showing me some beats on the drums my dad we played the drums as well and it kind of you know bits and pieces and a friend of mine when I went to uni started showing me a bit on the bass a guy called Justin and um, yeah it went from there really so it's kind of been bits and pieces um, picking them up over, over the years. Yeah. 
So what's the most unusual instrument that you've played today, do you reckon? Um, it's not particularly unusual, but it's, it's quite, it's a, like a kid's piano. It's called a toy piano. I was at um, a studio in Brooklyn called Studio G recording um, this, this project. And, and yeah, they had a little toy piano. It's like a chimey kind of celeste kind of sound. And it's, um, it's a bit naff, to be honest, but it, it, it was that, it's kind of cool instrument. You, don't, you, you see them in kind of kid's shops, but to record yeah. one in a proper studio with like proper massive like money equipment around was kind of surreal. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds kids. Yeah. So how did you get into hip-hop then? I came to hip-hop um, through uh, the samples um, that um, hip-hop producers were using from the, all the funk and soul guys in the, in the sort of 60s and 70s, really. Um, I know a lot of people come from it the other way. They get into hip-hop first, and then they get into funk and soul and jazz and what the rest of it via the samples. But for me, I, I was a big funk and soul fan at uni. Um, and I kept hearing these little, little snippets of those tracks crop up on various hip-hop tracks. And I was like, God, I thought that was, you know, cool in the gang. Oh, I thought that was Earth, Wind & Fire, but sure, this guy's just, uh, what's he done there? And that's kind of how I got into it, really. It was fairly late, but um, compared to a lot of people, I wouldn't say, you know, I haven't been a hip-hop fan for like, you know, 30 years, man and boy. But at the same time, when I did fall for it, I fell hard. And um, it was it was instrumental hip-hop to start with, I have to say. So like people like DJ Shadow, um, RJD2, those kind of guys, AIM, um, guy yeah. called AIM. Um, yeah, so that that was that was what kind of what did it for me then the um, the instrumental stuff and then I got into the um, the kind of the uh, vocal stuff later on. But, um, yeah. So where did your name come from then? <laughs> um, I think it was a big night out at uni. Basically, we had to write as part of my course. We had to write a um, track, some sort of you know, imagine releasing them under your artist name and everything. But I didn't want to release music under my own name because you know it wasn't wasn't. I haven't got the nicest kind of name, like ringing name in the world, like you know some other people have. So I was like, no, I'm going to think of a cool name for myself. <laughs> and um, I don't know what happened, but the, the next kind of morning, I was like sore heads. We woke up and um, the lack of Afro was there. And I don't think I can't remember who thought of it. I think my mate James says he did, but. You'll have to ask him, and he hasn't been on any kind of royalties before you ask, mate. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those ones where it's kind listen of it, yeah, listen, yeah, one of those ones where it kind of it was just there, and I was like, oh, I'll roll with that for a while and see how see what happens. Never thinking that you know, 15 years later, 16 years later, whatever it is, I'll be still here. But there we go. <laughs> That's a solid name. Solid, yeah, solid. It's, and also because of obviously the music and stuff, I'm you know, I'm very. I'm a very white guy writing at the time writing funk and soul tracks and you know I definitely didn't have an afro so they that was the kind of <laughs> that was the thing behind it you know but yeah there you go and I'm still, still here <laughs> so so who would you say inspires your music then so I mean you mentioned about funk and soul and then he said about some of your initial roots with hip-hop with like aim and shadow mm. and so on but I mean in the present day who would you say inspires your music or do you find there's artists who have inspired you throughout yeah, I'd say that's a fair fair assessment, actually. I think throughout I've been inspired by different artists, definitely. I think I listen to a lot of different types of music. I think if you listen to my albums, a lot of it is... Yeah. Um, it genre hops quite a lot. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah. I mean, I love jazz. Obviously, I love funk and soul. I love rock. I love hip-hop. You know, I um, love classical music as well. So it kind of, you know, Latin. It all kind of goes into the pop, really. So various artists along the way have inspired me with that. And I, I tend to, once I get into an artist and into an artist probably, I tend to get a bit obsessed and start digging through like back back catalogue stuff and trying to kind of immerse myself in in that artist and get get as much as I can. But um, yeah, it's it's a hard one. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if you have have I had to kind of give you one artist today. I probably couldn't if I'm honest. I guess mm. like from a production point of view, a guy who's kind of 
done sort of jumped around a lot in, in genres and probably stuff would probably be Mark Ronson I guess yeah. um, simply because I mean he you know yeah the, the, the vast kind of breadth of the range of stuff that he has produced for himself and for other, other artists I think obviously he started from a hip hop point of view as well with that sensibility of sampling and all that kind of thing so yeah I'd probably yeah. say him is he's probably the closest but again um, lots of different artists along the way absolutely I mean you mentioned about the the sort of wide array of different genres that you've t- tried out and sort of played well all very successfully like they play, played over <laughs> oh, time that, but um, <laughs> but you I mean alongside that in terms of your collaborations with with vocalists I mean you've worked with like Jack Tyson Charles to Professor Elemental to Josh Stone Jordan Stevens and then mm. regular collaborators like Wax and Herbal Tea and so on I mean there's yeah. too many to name really but um, yeah I mean, it's a how, growing how, list how isn't do it you, yeah I mean how do the collaborations come about on your side I mean particularly with the the regular collaborators who you seem to work with a fair fair bit throughout your career yeah, this, it's a hard one. I mean, I kind of, I think it started off because my first two, well, my, sorry, my first, my first album was um, instrumental, all instrumental, and it kind of, I got to a point where it was kind of those were sort of chop and paste kind of grooves and samples, a lot of sampling. I mean, I played a lot on that first album as well, but most of it was samples and linked together with live playing. But I got to a point where I wanted to use vocalists and, and kind of start start writing for want of a better word, proper songs, exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah I think the, the first vocalists I used were Wax and Herbal Tea. I, they, it was in the MySpace days where they uploaded a video themselves rapping in the back of their car to my cover of When the Sun Goes Down. And they just, um, it, that kind of went from there. And I think that's been a very organic, collaborative process throughout the years. I really sort of value what they do. And I don't hear a lot of rappers who I kind of instantly think, oh, I've got to work with them. But those two... I think because they were the first as well, they're kind of sort of special guys. And um, yeah, it's, I'm very lucky to be, still be working with them all these years later. I got a bottle of Don Julio, I've been waiting to pour. So put your cup, throw it back, hit you straight to the core. And when I see my cup empty, I'll be craving some more. The DJ's not mixing, he's creating a score. He's got the ladies on their feet like the race for the cure. They on the tables and floor, shaking what their mama gave them. If you got them, please smoke them. Why bother trying to save them? Around 3 a.m. when I look at the watch, let's take this party. Just the, the vocalist, the collaborations kind of come, yeah, fairly organically, really. You sort of ask around and you, you see who's in, then you kind of hear people and you think, oh, I wonder if, if they'd be up for working together. And of course, man, you, you know, there are, I'd love to work with you know loads of vocalists that just would just be right now would be impossible to get on a track you know i have to i have to be realistic about this shit as well i can't just you know um you know phone phone adele up and see if she's up for guesting on a chorus and you know that sort of (laughs) stuff it just ain't it's not gonna happen but um so but at the same time it kind of you know i'm quite proud of the the list of vocalists i've collaborated with because a, a lot of people have told me that one of the things they like about my albums is that they know they're going to hear a vocalist that they haven't heard before mm-hmm. which is which is nice I, I like that um and it, it keeps things fresh as well you know if you use vocalists that yeah, have, have maybe kind of been un- underrepresented or deserve to be out there a bit more it's it's kind of nice to see that happen and it's nice to give them a sort of a platform of of you know of getting their stuff out there so um yeah it's um it's cool, man. I, I, I like it. It's you know, collaboration is it's at the root of it all, isn't it? Really. So, so what what tends to be your creative process then when you're creating new tracks? It t- kind of totally depends. It used to be 
like for the first sort of you know couple of albums two three albums maybe I sort of found a sample that I'd like to use and then half the time I'd sort of play in bits around it and then sometimes I'd take the sample out and then obviously leaving something kind of fairly fresh and, and new um, and other times I'd leave, leave the sample in but I think I l- fairly recently I mean the last album the new album sorry I'm here now was was I had a kind of I'd set it to be my mission to, to play all the instruments myself on the whole record and that that was obviously very unusual I've never done that before but I wanted to do that to keep, kind of keep the process fresh um, whereas the album before that Jack of All Trades there was loads of session guys on there loads of session musicians on, on the album um, and I wanted to strip it right back down for this one but I think you shouldn't be governed by any kind of um, definite creative process every time I think as an artist I think you just do whatever works for you if you are kind of you know if you have to do things a certain way then, then great man whatever works but for me I, I do like to change it up um, with every album really I think every album I've done I've done differently um, and that is yeah I think it's, that's important for me I think you know I couldn't there isn't like a set creative process that I have. Sometimes it will start with, you know, a little idea that comes into my head. Sometimes it'll be just a vocalist to collaborate with, and I'll start listening to their back catalogue and think, right, well, they've done that, so I won't do that. I'll do something else, and that obviously leads you down another path of, mm. you know, like um, songs or, or, or creation. So, yeah, I think I think you know, there's not one there's not one answer to that. I think it's I think probably the one answer would probably be keep my mind open, really, um, and just see what comes along with with every record. See how knackered I am, basically. I think is the answer. See how, see, if I, see, see how exhausted I am, and if I if I can be, you know, yeah. What I guess I think that's important, actually. All joking aside, I think if you if you are tired, and it's it's a tiring process, kind of being an artist, and especially nowadays with everything you got to do and all that sort of stuff, and and it can be an exhausting process. I think you've just got to do what excites you. Do you know what I mean? I think you have you have to be, get excited. I think you have to get. Um, yeah, like motivated by by something that you haven't maybe haven't done before, or um, if you have done it, just to, the excitement to want to do it better, I suppose. But excitement has to be in there because if it isn't, then it kind of you know you just think, ah, oh, it's a long, it's like making an album is a long thing to do. It's a long process to do. So, mm, um, so yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a good point. No, it's it's good to keep it fresh, really, in that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's essential for me. I think also the the older I get as well, and and the the more I have. You know, the more albums I've released and the more material I've got under my belt, you know, this is, I'm Here Now is my seventh album. And it's like, you've got to have a good reason to make a seventh album, I think. I mean, what, what haven't you said in, the, in the, the six previous albums, you know? And people, you have to have a good reason for people to listen to that album. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, and, um, so for, and for me, that was trying to challenge myself and, and play all the instruments myself and get them, get the, you know, the sonics to a point at which they were bigger and punchier than, than any, anything I've done before. So that was the challenge I set myself. So, um, yeah, I think nice. keep it exciting. Try and do yeah. something you haven't done, maybe. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you mentioned that you play lots of different instruments. I mean, one of, one of the interesting aspects on your side is your collaboration with Splice. I mean, how did that come about? Like, how did you end up working with them? Do you know what? Splice, um, I didn't know I was working with them, if I'm honest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's not, it's, not, it's not a dodgy thing. But So basically, I've, um, I've worked with Loot Masters, the guys at Loot Masters, um, for, for a long time. Um, this is for, uh, I think, we're about seven years in now, I think. So I've, I've done sample packs through them, and I think they have, they've got a good relationship with Splice. Um, so they license all their stuff to Splice, and obviously, as a Loot Masters artist, I'm um, part of that. And actually, funnily enough... Um, 
he, I, a, a, a hero, my musical hero, my Madlib, obviously, who you know, he um, heard my stuff through Splice. He heard the, the, um, some of the sample packs I've done through Splice, and that led to us meeting up and talking about working together and all that sort of stuff. And whether that actually happens or not, man, I don't know. But just to meet Madlib and, and chat with him, and you know, he's a bit, bit of a hero of mine. And and um, and yeah, so I have got Splice to thank for that, even though I didn't know I was working with them. So you know, happy days, <laughs> thank you, Splice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, um, that was some. Yeah, those are the Loot Masters guys. So shout out to them as well. Nice. So I, I guess it's probably a side that you were a bit more conscious that you were getting involved in. But how did you um, start creating music for TV, film, and adverts, and so on? Um, yeah, well, see, this um, the TV thing. I mean, that that came basically from. This is but before I even wanted to be an artist, um, I wanted to be a film composer. Essentially, I, I wanted to be a, you know, um, a John Williams or a um, Thomas Newman or a John Barry, one of these guys. I was obsessed with film music, and I kind of still am, really. Um, and I'm still kind of holding out hope that someday I will be, you know, sat in a massive uh, studio overlooking the Hollywood Hills with, um, <laughs> you know, strings around me and like, you know, pencil and, and manuscript in my hand. But um, no, it, no, that was basically it. It, it was I, I, my first love was film music, so I kind of. I wanted to, to be a film composer, so being an artist and, and uh, you know being sort of lack of Afro and all that sort of stuff kind of came as a byproduct from uh, writing music, writing material, um, and um, yeah, through putting out music as lack of Afro and all that sort of stuff, then some of the tracks started to get used in you know adverts and films and TV shows, um, and I think so, uh, people have asked me before, kind of what you know why does my stuff get used a lot in that sort of stuff and I think it's because I studied film music for a long time and I think it kind of seeped into what I was doing so I think all my stuff's kind of got that kind of vibe about it not filmic necessarily but sort of universal TV vibes in it I don't know if that makes sense but um, Wax basically he said to me um, once that my music is international and that kind of I think that sort of might sum it up a little bit so it kind of yeah I think yeah, so film music was what I wanted to do to start with. That's kind of how I got into it. And then I've kind of done bits and pieces and um, scored a um, TV series called Mixology, which was uh, on ABC in America a few years ago, and done bits and pieces here and there. And it's something that I would love to do um, when the lack of Afro stuff has kind of you know, done its time, if you, if you see what I mean. Because man, com composers live to their like 80 or 90, don't they? They never stop those guys. <laughs> so they yeah. just they just crack on and carry on. And I, I mean, I can't I can't be an artist until I'm 80 or 90. Imagine that, you know. So I need something else. I can't you know, <laughs> can't it's keep like doing this all the time. Yeah. That's the, exactly that's my retirement plan is to nice. is to be is to be John Williams basically. <laughs> it's, it's a good expectation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm setting my setting my goals um, quite low there. Yeah. I wonder if John Williams is sitting there thinking, at some point, I would love to be like Lack of Afro. <laughs> I think it's always been a dream of John Williams to be a bit like Lack of Afro. Like, why would he not? You know, yeah. Most I mean, successful film composer ever. Why would thinking, he not? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the path. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to John Williams if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love your work, John. Gotta say not coming to the table like Tada. What you're seeking is the whole enchilada Lot of them try to be a martyr like they can take it farther But tell them if they're smart they wouldn't bother Try to charge it to the game but their credit's gone Never read your palm but tell your future ain't what you're depended on Get a type that's never wrong, right to get along Pay attention to the shit you've been corrected on Fire! Come on, yeah! 
Question, man. I, it, I think it's a few reasons, really. I think once you get into, once you're in, like releasing music for a while as an artist, it, it kind of you start kind of becoming a bit more sort of business savvy, and you see where where the income streams are coming in as well. You know, when when I first started doing this, it was a totally different different world. Like, like there was no there was no Spotify. There was barely, I mean, iTunes had barely started. It was all kind of physical. Um, copies that you were selling it, there was no streaming obviously no you know, barely any downloads MySpace was around I mean this is like the heady <laughs> days of 07 um, and I didn't have a clue about anything any of it I, I basically just wanted to put an album out that's all I wanted to do back then and that that was you know I was 26 when I put Press On out and luckily man people still listen to it and it's great and it's, and it's great and it's kind of you know but at the time I was just happy to happy to be there happy to put stuff out and I guess the more you release music I was with um, a label in London called Freestyle Records for mm. the first four albums um, and I guess after after four albums and stuff I just wanted to kind of do my own thing a bit more just be in a little bit more control of, of what happens to my own music I guess by this stage as well you know my stuff had started to be used in kind of you know film and TV and all that sort of stuff and and when you see kind of you know where the money goes and where the splits are and where the revenue is it kind of made sense for me to for me to start my own label and to be honest at the time I thought well I, I know enough now I can do it I didn't know anything really I still you know it's, a, it's one thing kind of releasing four albums but on a, on a label but then it's another thing to start your own label the amount of work is nuts I think anyone who runs their own label will know that it's just kind of wall-to-wall admin and registering and all that sort of stuff and then you got to worry about manufacturing it's just you know one thing after another but i'm i'm glad i did it and it does afford me a certain creative freedom to be able to do whatever i want to do and you know license my music to whoever i want to license license it to and all that sort of stuff um but it's hard work mate it's hard work for sure but there is it's pros and cons you know it's definitely pros and cons i've I, you know the buck stops with me with with this stuff, with the label and all that sort of stuff, I, I can't blame any poor decisions that I make on a, on a on my label. It's like, oh, my label, man. I, you know, they just I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're because I, you know, I am the label. So it's like, you know, you gotta, I gotta front up if if I I got no one to blame but myself. So, but um, it's very rewarding when something goes right and you get, you know, and you kind of nail a um like a marketing campaign or an album does really well or you know. Um, and you kind of enjoy the fruits of that, but when something goes wrong, there ain't nowhere to hide either. There's no one to blame but yourself. So as long as you learn from it and stuff and, and move forward, it's, it's all good, really. I mean, the titles of your records, it feels like there's been some quite poignant messages with regard to the titles <laughs> in your music. I mean, is is that a, is that a fair analysis? And, and is it the case of where... I mean, where do the titles originate in that Ooh, way? That's a, that's a John, no one's ever asked me that before. That's a good question. No one has ever asked me about the titles of my albums. Um, let's see. Press so press. I'll go go with them like chronological order if you want, mate. I'll, I'll explain yeah, what the cool. titles are. So press on was something my gran used to say. That was you know like the old school kind of like stiff up a lip, crack on, <laughs> come on, press press on, darling. That's what she used to say all the, all the time. Uh-huh. So that was that was press on 
that was that one. My Groove Your Move was a, I just nicked that basically from a Hank Mobley um, uh, uh, song title. I think it was the other way around. Um, but that was that was definitely uh, a, a straight up nick. Um, this time, I think at the time I was like this. This I think that I was sort of the second album had, had done all right, but not as good as the first. So I think this time was kind of like this time it's gonna gonna be gonna be better than the last. I think that was probably something to do with something to do with that. Um, Music for Adverts is a funny one actually because that was up until that point I. Um, Sales had gone okay and all that sort of stuff. There's obviously no streaming back in those days, but sales of the records had done alright. I was kind of, but it, you know, I was wasn't making a lot of money. I had a, remember having a conversation with my publisher at the time, and it was a concerted effort, basically, to get more music used on TV and adverts. And and I was like, and he was like, why don't you do, why don't you just call it music for adverts, like a Brian Eno, <laughs> you know, music, you know, um, kind of kind of like that. And I was like, really. I'm not quite sure about that. I don't know, but I didn't have a better title at the time. And I was like, the more I kind of ran through it in my head, the more I was like, this could work. Who knows? Who knows? Well, nothing to lose. And it did work. And it kind of that was the first album that really started, you know, kind of, you know, um, started getting used in sort of film and TV bits and adverts and stuff. And bizarrely, it's as easy as that, kids. Just just call your, you know, call, call your albums like, you know, what what you want to happen to them. And, and then it, yeah, visualize, vision. That's the, it. Shall be. It shall happen. But yeah, so that was that was that one. Um, Hello Baby was just a short snappy title I think that I wanted to uh, put out uh, out there and the first track on the album was called Hello Baby so that was that one um, Jack of All Trades I think because that's exactly me um, a Jack of All Trades do a bit of this bit of that and what's this one I'm Here Now yeah I'm Here Now because I was kind of writing uh, so playing all the instruments on the, on the record is like an, like an I'm here now kind of thing and also because I'm here now is where I am in my career right at this moment in time so um, that's all of them <laughs> but yeah so I think to answer your question yes sometimes there's a there's an inherent kind of reasoning and a lot of thought has gone into the album tiles but most you know some other times it's just like well that, yeah, that sounds alright that'll do won't it you be digging the crates with vice beats. Walk up in this like a new bitch. No, we're not a damn thing different, but the mood switch. Y'all so clueless. Look at me like who's this? Smart mouth lady talking crazy like she's fluid. If the shoe fits, lace them up. Ready for whatever if you wanna play your luck. But calling out your bluff isn't really saying much. Cause you know I got your number like I wanna stay in touch. And I still be showing love. That's the MO. You must have missed the memo. When you can take a seat to see the demo. I can read between the innuendos, it's fine If you really wanna dance at the time like the tempo It's no problemo You hear the chorus, feeling right at home Where you'll always be a tourist The threats I'm ignoring, they all the same We're descending them like a thesaurus But I give it in the purest, come on They don't wanna know, they don't wanna see us on the Have a favourite song that you've released to date? Oh, that's like asking to choose between your your children, isn't it? It's that's a, <laughs> it's a really hard one. Do you know? What? I, I really do go through stages with that as well. And and I think because now I've, I'm sort of seven albums deep, it's really I I sometimes hear stuff that I forget this like I've even done. And the, the more more remixes actually, more I, I kind of I heard something the other day, and I was like, that sounds familiar. What is that? 
and it would turn out to be a remix I'd done about 12 years ago. But I mean, you can't <laughs> expect your head to remember everything, you know, that every sort of little single thing that you've done. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I go through little phases, and I think with. I think most of the time, my favorite my favorite stuff is the stuff that I've just released. I think it kind of has to be to a point mm. because otherwise, you know, why bother releasing stuff if you don't think it's your best work? But I don't know. I think you get to that stage where you've released so much. Like, not everything can be your best work, obviously. But I think you've got. I think you have to have a certain amount of self belief in your uh, in whatever you've done recently, your latest your latest work. But um, but no, mate. I, I honestly couldn't. I couldn't tell you um, what my favourite <laughs> track is. I think I did hear a few days ago. I heard "Recipe for Love." Actually, someone was playing "Recipe for Love," which is off "Music for Adverts." I think, and I, I was proud of that. I kind of thought, yeah, that's, that's a great track. That, and I'm, I'm 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 happy with happy with that and how that's kind of aged. But um, yeah, I, I've done so many now. I kind of you know go through different phases. But yeah, I took record on "Recipe for Love." Gone, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I've got so much love to give. I've got so much love to give, baby. Now what do you say? Why don't we spend a while on it? A little bit of this, take your time and let it stew. A little bit of that, take your time and let it brew. Let it slowly simmer for you, bring it to the boil. Sprinkle it with sugar, not too heavy on the oil. A touch of me and you, up the heat but not too far A little twist of ooh, and a pinch of ooh la la A little bit of this, I'm giving you the best of me A little more of that, I'm cooking up a recipe A recipe for love Standing on the crossroads, I've been waiting to watch you change music collection like is it more digital or physical or and what kind of thing what kind of things do you tend to seek out it's all over the place my, my music collection I think in in, in every way in formats <laughs> in genre um, yeah I mean I've like I said I've come from the generation of you know I, I used to buy CDs a lot because CDs used to be you know the only thing that you could buy stuff mm. buy new music on before the streaming before vinyl had the resurgence that it has now um, so I've got loads of vinyl, obviously I've got loads of CDs. I've got some mini discs kicking about. Remember those? <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. Some of those stuff. You got some of those, yeah. yeah. Um, cassettes, obviously to do the you know the pause mixtapes back in the day. Got some of those hanging about. So every single format I think I've pretty much got. Um, but in terms of like the actual collection, it's yeah, it goes from everything. Like, there's there's literally everything there, every genre pretty much. Um, you know, um, a lot of jazz. I'm, I'm a big jazz fan. Uh, um, and a lot of yeah, a lot of hip hop actually now. But um, also, I think a lot of kind of I listen to a lot of electronic music too. Um, um, and yeah, it's just a really diverse range. I kind of sometimes I, I think I look at you know you know the, obviously the people who are just into one genre of music and it's just that's all they listen to and, and obviously they're very kind of clued up on it. I've never been able to do that, even if I've wanted to. You know, I can't, I just can't, I don't know what it is, but this, I seem to be wired in such a way that I, I love, you know, listening to lots of different stuff all of the time. I think it might be to do with something like concentration or something, I think my mind's just all over the place. 
So it's just like I need to be stimulated in different ways all of the time by all of the music. So it's just, yeah, I think it's, yeah, my collection is, is kind of a bit all over the place, but yeah, very, very diverse, should we say. So, I mean, who are you feeling at the moment? Are there any new artists that, that are coming out that you're, you're really enjoying listening to? And I guess particularly within the kind of realms of hip hop and so on, are there any artists that you're looking, looking out to at the moment? I think um, in terms of hip hop, I probably have to say you know the, the vocalists on my on my album. I'm, you know, I've got to give them a shout out because they, those guys have been doing it for a long. Well, just some of those guys have been doing it for a long time. Some of them haven't been doing it for a long time at all. I think guys like Watsky, um, who you know he's just an incredible kind of you know lyricist and, and just kind of poet really, um, and the, the, the speed at which he can he can rap is just phenomenal to me. Um, and you know those um, what's you got waxing over tea I'll give them a shout out as well they've been doing it for a long time but they're still I still think they're you know right up there in terms of what they do and they play instruments as well and they're just like multi-talented guys um who else have we got on the, on the record Alyssa Alyssa Marie as well she's, she's you know someone that everyone should get to know more of definitely um and yeah I just you know a lot of a lot of those a lot of those guys very fortunate to work with work with those guys you know it's um it's very nice to have them on the records um and yeah man it's you know it, i guess I, I try and i try and keep my my finger on the pulse with a lot of new music but it's it's the the, the amount of new music now is just crazy isn't it i, mean, I don't how, how do you deal with it how do you deal with listening to i i don't know do you have like I mean, folders and stuff do you have to, you have to remind <laughs> yourself to listen to it because i'm between making music and, I, and then sort of promoting music i just it's fun i find it really hard to yeah, set, sit myself down and say right now you have to listen to some new music and, and try mean, and find stuff you don't know yeah i mean we're, we've got a, a mix of vinyl and and then spotify mainly so i mean i yeah i've kept it just to spotify to try and keep it simple in that way but i mean i've got a few playlists where if I hear something I like I'll chuck it in there so that I can hear it again and and kind of work out whether I like it properly and then yeah. if I do then it can go into another playlist that is almost kind of a refining process over yeah. time but it I mean I've, I've got some folders where there's hundreds and hundreds of tracks I mean it's it but it's it is hard to keep hold of isn't it it's I find it really difficult mate yeah yeah I find it I find it hard I think Spotify obviously makes it so much so easy to find new music but then what do you do with that in terms of I don't know, I'd, I'd quite like to, maybe I should set myself a goal of kind of, you know, taking a week off and just sitting down every day and just browsing <laughs> browsing Spotify and just seeing where it takes me. Because yeah, I haven't I haven't really done that. I kind of still stick to the confines of my own little bubble in Spotify, I think. Um, and, you know, I think that might be quite nice. And then maybe just, yeah, like you said, make playlists and then kind of see, you know, checking on those artists every now and then once in a while to see what they're doing. But I guarantee if I did that, I would find out a lot more what's going on but it's having the time to do it I think you know it's made, Spotify and everything's made it so easy to find new music but it's just again like you know the amount the sheer amount of it is just unreal but it's quite strange as well isn't it because I mean there's artists who maybe 10-15 years ago you'd class them as some of your favourite artists and you just wouldn't miss a single step you'd know exactly yes. every release that would come out but now yes. I mean, there's artists who you'd still claim would be your musical heroes and yet there's things being released and you miss it. It's yeah, oh, absolutely. So all the time, mate. Yeah. yeah, all the time. That's the thing. I think that's, you know, because it's so easy to uh, keep up with music now, like everything's on social media, everything's very immediate. The, the, just the, the, the sheer amount of music kind of, you know, coming at you at the time, all the time now, and just the amount of kind of stuff that you have to take on board means that you're inevitably you're going to miss stuff. Yeah. And I think, 
once you, if you were into an artist a, f- a few years ago, obviously before the, the social media stuff, I think you sort them out. You know, you, you made it a point to actually kind of see what they're up to and all that sort of stuff. Now on social media, everything's kind of you know just a barrage of stuff and, and promotion. So it's so easy just to miss one, you know, one thing by an artist that you've actually you know supposedly kind of been following for a while. It's yeah, things get missed. I post stuff and you know hard, sometimes people, a load of people see it, and so some sometimes some people are like, well, I, I didn't see that. Kind of thing, and it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do yeah, you do? You just have to clutter people all the time. Yeah, with it. exactly. Yeah, yeah you just have to, you know, yeah, pest, pester people with stuff. It's a yeah. strange one. It is hard. Yeah, it is hard. Get involved in the conversation. Use the hashtag DTC Podcast. aspirations as a as a musician so i mean you you mentioned that you're aspiring to be john williams jr but i mean are you have you what what do you feel is is left in terms of music that you want to make as lack of afro is there are there particular artists that you think right i really want to collaborate with them but i haven't yet or are there certain instruments or sounds that you don't feel you've explored yet yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, like I said before, I think you have to, to you know, for me now, uh, sort of the next album will be no album number eight. You've really got to have a good reason to make another album. And I think I'd, I still, even though I've been doing this like nearly, you know, sort of 15 years, I feel that like I'm still getting started, really, in a way. Yeah. Um, I think I've just got to a point now where I kind of, I'm confident in myself as, a, as an artist and what I've kind of, you know, the sounds that, and the, the, the albums that I've made and my process, I'm kind of fairly happy with at the moment and it wasn't always the case at all I struggled with that for a long time and I think I'm you know I'm a lot happier in myself uh, now than I was you know back then so I think it you know instead of you know I've, I've done one or two albums where I've, where I've you know I remember in working on them I've, you know I've been quite stressed and worried about the, the end result and fortunately now I've got to a point in my career where not every album is a make or break you know so I can actually maybe enjoy the process a little bit more rather than actually worry about whether it's going to do well and whether people are actually going to, going to care about it. Um, because I have that back catalogue to, to kind of, you know, give me, give me a little bit of support, um, it's not all about the next record now. It's not kind of like, well, everything hinges on this, so if it doesn't work, then, then you, you know, you have to, you know, go, go and look for another job. So <laughs> I think from that point of view, I think, yeah, the, the enjoyment factor is, is, is definitely kind of, you know, gone up. And just to relax a bit more and actually kind of let it flow a little bit more is yeah. um, I think and, and I guess that that is probably what I would say is, is left for me in terms of in making like a rap record just to kind of yeah just to enjoy them a bit more to see where they go um, and kind of be open to, to, to new collaborations all the time and and yeah and just see see what comes in see what see what you know see what comes my way you know yeah. instead of kind of being quite sort of forging ahead with stuff just to yeah look 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 up a bit more and just see what's see what's around you know. Um, kind of forge some time for experimentation a bit more. Yeah, I think so, man. I think I think that's it. I think I've you know I've got a um I've been doing a well the, the last one the last record I did was about four years ago. But I, had, I did a, a I've got a side project called the Unity Sextet, which is 
again, going back to uh, our friend Madlib, I've, just, I've nicked the idea mm. from him, basically, like a fictional jazz and hip-hop band, essentially. <laughs> so I've done three records um, under the Unity Sextet name, and I, I, that's another thing that I'd be meaning to do for a long time, and perhaps haven't had the time to, um, or the, you know, the freedom to do it. But now, you know, I can sit down and do another record like that. And um, yeah, so I think it's, I think that's the thing, just, just take things a little more slowly and just relax a bit more, basically. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> which we all need I think you know a bit more yeah. relaxation you know so yeah <laughs> definitely yeah. well Lacamar Free thank you so much for, for joining us on Digging the Crates and Mate, really wish you the best of luck with your, your music from here on but yeah thanks we, very much man thanks for making it no it's all good thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure cool. mate cheers man nice thank one. you cheers dude peace Bye. to find out more about each episode including the tracks played go to thefinemag.com